Thank you for listening to the Grace Church Podcast, where you can find teachings, Bible studies, and words of encouragement for any season. For more resources, you can go to graceorlando.com. All right, well, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll wrap this um, series up. So, Lord, we thank you for today, the opportunity to be here. Uh, thank you for uh, bringing us together for these few weeks. I ask that you, you, are here, you be here again today. Speak through me. Share whatever you want to share so that everybody hears what you have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So being a teacher, we have to do just a brief review. We've talked about this idea that God absolutely wants to talk to us. God's very interested in what's going on in our life and that we can hear from him. Uh, clearly, the Bible gives us example after example of uh, him speaking to us in our life. I don't think it's the burning bush anymore. I don't think it's Gideon's fleece anymore because we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, which is what Jesus did when he came. He said, I have to go so that I can send a comforter who will will bring you this information and knowledge and guidance. And there's a whole study you can do on just the Holy Spirit and his role in your life and what it means. And um, he's, uh, the Greek word is parakletos, I believe. And it's this idea of someone who's coming alongside you to help you, almost like a lawyer or someone who's there to represent you. He is more willing to speak sometimes than we are to listen. And I talked about a bunch of different things that had happened in my life. He also said, you know, he's worried about all the things in our life. He wants to know about the small things and the big things. And my encouragement to you is start small, right? Keep asking these smaller questions because it gives us this opportunity to hear his voice and know his voice. He said, you know, my sheep know my voice. And part of that is we hear it over and over and over again, just like anyone in our life, a mom or a dad or a child, whoever it is, we know that voice. We can hear it. I'm always amazed. We have three children my wife in the middle of the night will hear someone cough. I'm sound asleep. And she goes, did you hear him cough? No, I didn't hear a thing. But, you know, moms are trained. I think it's a God-given gift to hear their child. And if there's a problem, they're right there. And I think that's an amazing thing. Keeps us all from having trouble. So that's a good thing. You know, the Lord is gracious. So the other thing I think that's important for us that we, re- we talked a little bit about is make sure that we don't walk in fear to the point where we don't make a decision. You know, God can't steer a parked car, so I think we have to be moving and doing something. And it could be whatever he told you to do last, right? So sometimes it's, well, this is what he told me last, so this is what I'm going to stick with until such time as I hear something different. Especially about the larger pieces of our life, right? Like jobs and, and you know, relationships and churches and things of that nature. We also talked about maybe finding a quiet space, uh, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, so that you can, you can take that time to hear and try and block that out. And maybe it's praise and worship music that you like, or it's a message that you like, but uh, maybe you have to put your phone away, or maybe you need your phone for notes, whatever it is. But try to set aside that time, not to be ritualistic, not to be in the works mindset, but I think it gives God an opportunity to talk to us a little more clearly. And then maybe he'll do it, like uh, Sal was telling me he likes to walk every day, so maybe that's when God you know, gets the opportunity to, to speak with us more, or for whatever reason, God likes to talk to me when I'm driving. I don't know why exactly, but when I'm in the car by myself, it happens that way too. So I want to wrap up with this idea of once we've heard something, especially something larger, now what do we do? It seems to me, from my experience of walking with God and others that I've heard speak about this, we spend a lot of time waiting on God, right? I mean, have you ever thought about that, that, you know, God will tell you something, whatever that something is, but it doesn't happen tomorrow. Might. But most of the time, it's maybe days or weeks or months or maybe years uh, before, before we hear that. So what do we need to do? So um, at least in my life, he rarely gives me exact timing. 
Uh, Sal and I were just talking about, he heard some preacher the other day say that he knows exactly when God's coming back. The Bible's pretty clear about that, that, you know, no man knows the hour or the day. But the idea is, of course, that, you know, uh, there's, this, there's vagueness, right? I mean, the Bible is vague in a lot of these things because it, then it takes faith, right? I mean, if the Bible told us everything that was going to happen on the exact day it was going to happen, after a bit, it wouldn't take faith anymore. And God talks about that those that come to him, we, we have to have faith. We have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. So then the other thing to keep in mind, and this is something I heard a long time ago and I think about probably entirely too much, is the fact that God is infinite. He always has been and he always will be. And at least our experience in this life, these physical bodies are finite, right? We have a definite beginning and we have a definite ending. Yeah which isn't always fun to think about, I realize, and I don't, we don't try to think about that too much, but have you ever considered that time is a construct that God created just for us? If you're infinite, if you've always been and you always will be, do you need to measure time? You don't, right? So he did that for us because we are finite. So he, he set it up so we have 24 hours in a day, and then we, you know, we did the calendar based on the moon and the sun, and depending on the ancient peoples you study, but this is for us. He doesn't need to tell time. So the question is, then, that I'll put to you is, what do we need to be doing? What do we need to be thinking about? How do we handle this time while we are waiting on God for that next door to open, be, be it whatever it is? So first, have to th we have to think about and, and maintain our brain, is how I'm going to call it, is what I'm going to say. God, he loves us dearly. I mean, I think if we sit for a minute, maybe every day, and think about the fact that he sent his own son so we could be righteous, that's pretty exciting right? And the Bible, Romans also tells us that if he, he gave up his own son for us, what else will he not do? He'll do everything. So even though we don't see it, I think it's worth remembering that, okay, he's working behind our, uh, whether we know it or not, he's always um, doing this. So I think we need to think about how does God see us? So he made him who was to be sin, no sin, to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. I want to clarify something I was talking about last week. You know, I was talking about the path, and some people talk about a perfect path, and you can get off the perfect path. I, and I don't think that's necessarily the case because he knew our human frailties. He knew we would make mistakes, and he knows everything. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan. He's got a plan for each and every one of our lives, and it isn't necessarily to be heads of industry or um, elected officials or pastors and preachers. But nevertheless, there is a plan for each one of us. Right? Jeremiah 29.11 talks about, I know the plans I have for you, right? To prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and to, to give you a future. So um, there's nothing in there or in the Bible that I've seen that says at any age he can't use us, right? We've got Timothy, who's a young pastor who Paul wrote two books to. Uh, Timothy's maybe a teenager and he's pastoring a church. And yet look at the men of, of old in the Bible, right? I mean, Moses is working till what, 120 Abraham's that old. Uh, Enoch walked with God. I think they think he was a little over 300. Smith Wigglesworth, the great evangelist and preacher, he started his ministry in his 60s. He was a plumber for most of his life, if I recall correctly. And so he had years of that. So no matter where we're at, if we don't feel we've heard from God the way we should, or maybe we haven't made all the right decisions that we would have liked to make. I don't know about you, but if you sit and look at hindsight, I could come up with a whole list of stuff I'd rather do differently. Right? So, I mean, that, that's the human condition. God knows this. So, we have to think about the fact that he is doing these things for us. Here's the three keys, right? Being a teacher, we've got we to we we put it in three places. So, what I would encourage you to do, and what I want to wrap up with a little bit, is three things. I think we need to think, I think we need to speak, and I think we need to remember. 
So what do I mean by that? Well, um, a famous preacher wrote a book not too, years, too many years ago called The Battlefield of the Mind. And while I don't agree with everything she has to say in there, there's a lot in there that is incredibly valuable. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I sit and I'm thinking and I'm not always as positive as I should be, I start coming up with a long list of things I don't like. I don't like this about my life. I don't like this about this relationship. And after you do that for five or 10 minutes, how are you feeling about the day? Horrible, right? But what's great about the mind that God gave us is we get to decide what we think about. A lot of people today don't know that, and I'm shocked with my students um, teaching in private high school, how many of them don't realize they can control their thoughts. We don't have to be influenced, or we can choose the influence that's going into our brain. And this is simple, this isn't groundbreaking, but at the same time, you all know that if you sit and think about everything you don't like about your life, how you're feeling that day. But what about the other side, right? What did mom always tell you? Look for the good things in life. So if you think about the fact that you're righteous, God sent his son for you so you could be righteous. That's pretty exciting. Or you think about other scriptures that are important to you. The enemy, just like Eve in the garden, I don't know if you thought about this too much. I think about this one sometimes. What did the, what did the devil say to Eve? Do you remember? He twisted, he, really, he leans up, and if we didn't have COVID going on, I'd lean up even closer to Sal here as an example, and whispered in her ear, did God really say that? Yeah. Is that what God really said to you? He's trying to get her to doubt. He's trying to get her to wonder, did God say that? And we all know how this goes, and maybe this doesn't happen to you, but it happens to me. Did God really say he'd take care of that for you, or is that just what you wish and you think? And then you get this whole line of questioning, and before you realize it, you're off over here in the corner, and you're not sure what God actually said to you anymore. So how do we combat that? Well, Romans 12, Apostle Paul says, renew your mind. Don't be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by renewing your mind and focusing on the godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, and this is from the Amplified, in his plan and purpose for you. So Paul's telling us we've got to control this. I've heard it said this way, and you probably have too. You can't control the birds that fly over your head. But if one lands on your head, you have some control there, right? So the thoughts are the same way. I don't know about you, but ridiculous thoughts pop into my mind from time to time. You're like, what? But you don't have to sit and think about that. You can push that right clear out of your brain and think about something that's better. You confess we have the mind of Christ. We do, absolutely. So what I would recommend you do, and many of you have probably already done this, so this is probably review, but I don't know about you, but review's good for me. Meditate on the Word, right? He told Joshua to meditate it on, on it uh, day and night, and you'll find good success. Now that's, you know, that's the Old Testament, so how much better is it here? So some of the scriptures that I sit and think about, and you probably have a much, much longer list than this, but I just wanted to give you a few examples today. Um, Hebrews 4.15 we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who is tempted in every way that we are, yet was without sin. Have you ever been counseled by someone or someone who's trying to encourage you who's really not gone through your situation at all? How does that feel? feels a little empty. They have the best of intentions probably, but yet we've also already been there where somebody who has been through that, and you can see in their eyes, they understand exactly what you're going through. And what does that mean to you? Right? They can come from a point of understanding that those who haven't gone through it don't have. That's what we have in Jesus. 
That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus was here for 33 years. He was tempted in so many ways like we are. So when he sits down and comforts you, he's done this. Right. He's been there. And I think that's, I think that's important. Uh, Galatians 3.13 tells us, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming the curse. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hung on the tree. This gets back to Deuteronomy 28 when it talks about if you don't keep the law, here's all the stuff that's coming your way. I'm glad we're not under that anymore because I'm sunk. <clears throat> but the back half of that is here are all the blessings. So that curse was taken from us when he died on the cross so that we could live in these blessings. And go back and read that part. That's awesome. You're blessed in everything that you do. You're blessed in the field and the basket. It's, just, it's amazing if you go back and you dwell on that. 1 John 4:17. by this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Now, wait a minute. This is John, the apostle that Jesus loved as he likes to describe himself. Where's Jesus right now? He's in heaven and where's he seated? He's at the right hand of the Father. So as Jesus is, that is a position of power, that is a position of strength, and he's sitting, he's no longer laboring or working. So we have that available to us. And I think that's important. Romans 8, 32, I've mentioned this one before. Uh, he who didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him give us freely all things? Is there something you need in your life? Of course, that's the human condition. Now, he didn't say when he'd bring it. He didn't say if it would look exactly like you think it should. I don't know about you, but that rarely if ever happens. The idea, the picture I have in my mind is rarely the solution he has. His solution's way better, but of course, I don't, I don't come up with that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16, I have the mind of Christ. We all have those days when it feels like the brain's not working quite the way it ought to, and we need it to kick in, but we have the mind of Christ. What does he not know? Right? He knows every situation. He knows the end from the beginning. A couple more, then we'll... we'll um, I'll move to the next point, but, uh, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 7. So I think if we start to think about these scriptures and find ones that are meaningful to you, these are a handful, right? I mean, there's thousands of Bible verses, and you probably have one or two that you really, really like. Well, God gave us that to meditate on and think about that. The Apostle Paul tells us, think about whatsoever is true and lovely and of a good report. He didn't say sit around thinking about all the terrible things going on in our society. So the other thing that I would encourage you to do that I've really been working on, and I've heard pastors say it, or at least I've been hearing pastors say it, maybe the rest of you haven't, you know how that works. Put these down and quit listening to the news so much. Right? I mean, I have to because, I mean, I teach government and politics, so as you might guess, I've got lots of people with lots of questions, and I'm engaging them, and that's my job, and that's fun. But if you just sit and think about that all day, good Lord, that's brutal. So it doesn't mean we shouldn't be informed. We need to know what's going on. I think that's important. But sometimes we might need to just turn the news off or turn the news feed off on our phones. These are great devices, but boy, sometimes I'd like to take it and see how far I can throw it. I don't know if you think about that, but there would be great joy to some degree in just smashing the heck out of this thing. Just because of that, you know, I mean, it, it's a great device. It's, and we can get the word and we can get great preaching. So there's many positives, but sometimes you're like, oh, Okay, so let's look at the next thing. So the other thing I recommend that you do is, first of all, we meditate, we think about it, right? So we try to control our thoughts. But the other thing is, is that we speak the word. And this isn't meant to be ritualistic. This isn't like if I say it 4,000 times, then it happens. I don't believe that. Some have taught that. That's not what I'm doing. 
What I'm doing and what I'm telling you is that for, in general purposes, the human brain can think about one thing at one time. We think we're brilliant multitaskers, but for the most part, we're not. Uh, psychologists and psychiatrists are studying this, and there's more and more studies out there. We're really not good at doing a bunch of things at once. Some people are better at it and can handle it. But have you ever, well, I have a little experiment I use with my students. I call it the brown dog experiment, okay? So I want you to think about a brown dog for a minute, okay? We've all seen a brown dog, so we can use a brown dog. If you'd prefer a yellow dog, yellow dog. It doesn't really matter. Describe your brown dog to me. Brown. Fluffy brown dog, anybody else? So the point is, is if you think about a brown dog and you say brown dog, so everybody we're going to say brown dog, brown dog, brown. brown dog, right? Can you think about a pink elephant while you're saying brown dog? Yeah. Some can, but not very many of us can. Why is that, do you think? Why do you think God developed our brains that way? So we can fix our mind on the right things. So therefore, I would say, hey, we need to be speaking some of this stuff, right? Proverbs 18 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Right? James goes on and says that it's not, I mean, he's not even sure if we can tame this thing. And I don't think I need to spend time on that. We have all had our tongue get us in a multitude of trouble more than once. I have more than my fair share of that. You can call my mother sometime and she can probably give you more stories than I remember. But the other one that I think about, because we have needs and we have a life and there are troubling issues that sometimes are in front of us, is I go back to Matthew 6, 31. Therefore, don't worry or be anxious, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For the Gentiles wish and crave diligently and seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first, aim and strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and then all these things will be taken together, and he'll give you those besides. So to me, this is the big takeaway is here, we're already righteous. I think seeking his kingdom is seeking his way of doing things, so then we can kind of take this and set it aside. It doesn't mean we don't have bills to pay. It doesn't mean we don't need to be diligent. I'm not saying all that. It doesn't mean we need to work and do whatever he's called us to do for work. But keep in mind, he is, he is taking care of this. And then verse 34 is the one I sit around with because my brain tends to think about, okay, well, that's today. What about tomorrow? And 34 addresses it, at least just for me. <clears throat> don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow we'll have worries and anxieties all of its own. So sufficient is each day for its own trouble. Not that I'm going to sit around and think about the trouble, but it's like, just focus on today and let him deal with tomorrow. Because he's way better at dealing with tomorrow than any of us are anyway. So then the last thing I would recommend, so we've talked about thinking, we've talked about speaking, and the last key is remembering. Now, what do I mean by remember? Well, Psalm 111.15 says, he's given food for those who fear him and he will remember his covenant forever. Mm -hmm. I would submit to you that God has done some pretty amazing things in your life already. And that by us remembering, that gives us hope and encouragement. Yeah. Right, so just think back to something that he did for you. That all of a sudden, everything changed in a moment. Do you think he's done? So do you remember that moment right before that happened or the week before that happened and you're like, this is never gonna end. This will never stop. And then all of a sudden, bam, it changed. And now you're, it feels like your whole trajectory of your life is adjusted. He's not done doing that. That means this afternoon, the problem that you're dealing with, the challenge that so easily besets us, could change this afternoon. No, it might not. 
I mean, I'm not gonna tell you it will for sure, but I think that's the mindset. And if that's the mindset, then isn't that a better way to live? Isn't that a more comfortable way for us to get through every single day? I think so. Have you always met anybody who I call they're terminally happy? I mean, they are just like so happy you're almost put off by them. My wife had an aunt and I met her for the first time. She's now gone on to be with the Lord. And I met her in an airport at 1130 at night. It had been a long day. I'd been driving all day. And my wife and I were engaged. And she showed up at an airport at night. This is before 9-11. So you could actually go into an airport. You could actually meet people at the gate if you remember those days. She showed up. She had bright red hair. She had a bright yellow blazer on. And she had a pin on her lapel that said, if happiness is contagious, then I'm a carrier. And she proceeded for about half an hour to just, she didn't, we hadn't met before, um, new to the family, of course, and she proceeded to just drill me with questions. Oh, wow. But she was super happy at 1130 at night, and I was kind of tired and wanted to be left alone. <laughs> right, so we've got that, but at the same time, isn't that kind of a better way to live, to be happy than to be sad? I mean, we all have our days, I don't mean that, but we've all met those people who are just on the other side of that, and you're like, you can't wait to get away from them. Right, because you just feel like they're sucking you down and in. So how do we get to be on the other side? Maybe not as far as my wife's aunt, because that's maybe too far. Um, but <laughs> nevertheless, how can we be in the middle? Well, I think we can think back about all of these things. So let's look at that. Isaiah tells us in 49, Isaiah 49, 16, I won't forget you. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. He knew us before we were born or conceived. Do you think he's done with us? No. no, think about those things. I think that's important to remember that. Uh, remember the former things long past. Uh, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there's no one like me. Isaiah 46, 9. Joshua was given these instructions. If you remember the story of Joshua, he takes over for Moses, right? The big guy. Moses, let him out of there. Moses dies and you're it. You're the replacement. Those are big sandals to fill. I'd say shoes, but I'll go with sandals. And so he's the one who leads him into the promised land. You guys remember what God told Joshua after they got to the promised land? Joshua 4, verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them, saying, take the 12 stones here out of the midst of the Jordan for the very place where the priests stood firmly and bring them over with you. Lay them down in the place where you're lodging tonight. So Joshua did that. He called them. They passed the Ark of the Covenant before the Lord in the midst of the Jordan. They took up the stone on their shoulder and they set them there. So that when your children ask, why are those stones there, Dad? You can tell them, this is what God did for us. So I think we have examples in the Bible of why we should write those down. So that's what I would recommend to you. Right? I mean, if your memory is super awesome and you can just bring them up like that, then grand. But I have to write stuff down especially the older I get. I still remember really well, but this is the way I choose to look at it. I worked in IT for a number of years, and the larger database you have, the longer it takes to pull data out. So that's the way I think of it. The older we get, we have a much larger database because of all the experience we have, so sometimes it takes a little longer for that to get out. I'm not sure if it's true, but I'm sticking with it. So write these down and think about them. When you're having that day when you're like, God, have you forgotten me? Clearly, he's not forgotten you. So review these scriptures. So I think it's important for us to think, to speak, and to remember, and that this is how we navigate this time of waiting for God to open that next door or make that change. 
Uh, I, teach a life, I, I teach a class called Core Life Skills at the high school I teach at, and I teach them about insurance, and I teach them how to change tires, and all of these different things, uh, taxes, uh, resumes, all of these fun things, right? You're all looking just thrilled. And I had one student come up at the end of the year, and he goes, this is kind of boring, isn't it? And I said, yes, welcome to being an adult. Right? I mean, a lot of being an adult just isn't terribly exciting. There's a lot of great things, but, you know, paying your taxes. Anybody get real excited to fill out your tax returns? I mean, yikes, no. So sometimes the, the, the day in and day out of life gets to be kind of a dreary thing. But I think we have these things that we can do to help shorten this time or at least enjoy the time while we're waiting. So the last thing I'll say, and then if you have questions, by all means mention, um, enjoy life while you're waiting. Find things that you can celebrate today. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalms 37.5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. It doesn't mean we don't work. It doesn't mean we don't have things that we have to do that He's asked us to do. But He's the one who's responsible for opening the doors and making the path clear to you. Yes. you I don't know if you think about that. It's not your job to figure it out. It's His job to point it out to you. Amen. And then it's his job to open those doors. So I don't know about you, but that takes an enormous pressure off of me. Because the way I was taught in school and other places is it depends, your success in life depends entirely on how hard you work. It doesn't mean we don't work. We do have to work. But God is in our life. God is in our life working and opening the right doors at the right time and making the right connections. And I think that's, that's important. The last thing I'll talk about is, is John 14, 26 to 27. But the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name, he will teach you all things and he will cause you to remember everything that I've told you. Amen. So he's there to teach us everything. And then he talks about that my peace I leave with you. Not the world's peace, but my peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Focus on him. So hopefully there's been something of value that has come out of these few weeks for all of you uh, as we wrap this up. Are you, is anyone familiar with what I call the grocery store effect? So when you hear a message, I don't know if you do this, but I was taught this a long time ago and it makes sense to me. Um, when you go to your grocery store, do you buy one of everything? What do you buy? Things you need. So keep in mind as you listen to a teacher, you listen to a preacher, whoever it is, pull out the things that God's teaching you at the moment. You might like some of it, but you might not like some of it. So just set that back on the shelf. Right? We don't like every kind of cereal. We like our kinds of cereal. Right? So the same is true. So I just wanted to, to leave with that. Does anybody have any questions? All right. Well, I will close in prayer unless anybody else has any thoughts or comments. And I appreciate you all coming. Thank you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this day. Um, hopefully there has been useful things from this, but it's from you, so I'm sure parts of it have been useful. Uh, thank you for all these fine people that have come to hear um, your word spoken. And I ask you for your continued blessing in all of their life. Uh, give them hope and peace and comfort as they walk out their everyday life and show them and speak to them in ways that you have not done before. In Jesus' name, amen.